Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... We have decided to, for the moment, uh, scrap our typical way of running things. We're, we're doing away with our 15-all segment for right now because obviously things have changed pretty drastically since we recorded our last podcast. So Noah Rubin joining me from Long Island. I am in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Noah, I want to preface every discussion we have here by saying first and foremost Neither of us have any disagreements with the decisions that have been made sports-wise in terms of cancellations, postponements, anything like that. And we both are cognizant of the fact that the most important thing here is the public health situation along with the coronavirus. We're going to talk about some situations specific to tennis, but we are both fully on board with everything that comes to the flattened, the curve movement, the idea of spreading this out and keeping the distance away from each other. Um, but we're going to talk about some things today that maybe are a little bit more in the weeds here, but I, I know Noah's quite concerned about everything that's happening. I'm obviously in in a bit of panic mode as well, but Noah, it's, it's good to see your face on, on FaceTime right now and uh, good to hear your voice as well. Yeah, no, I, I second everything you just said. Human life comes first. Um, you know, it's it's fine. I understand that it's a very tricky time and we'll preface it as, as many times as we have to so people understand where our tensions lie. But yes, we do want to talk about the nitty gritty, what's going on, how people are feeling in the world of tennis and what you and I are dealing with on a day-to-day basis now. I want to give people a timeline here. Um, when we recorded our last podcast, it was uh, Sunday night, um, the day before, I guess it was the night of Indian Wells cancellation. You had made a decision at that point that you were going to Hawaii with your girlfriend, Jamie. Um, and it was really kind of before the point where everything looked like it was going to be completely on lockdown. Um so, uh, <laughs> like, I know some people are probably looking at your Instagram this past week and just being like, what are you doing? And that uh, comparing it to, you know, the spring break videos that have come out this weekend. Um, h- how do you feel about that trip now um, versus when you booked it uh, 10, 11 days ago? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, just just to talk about this for a second was, you know, you know, moments that always stick with you. And this probably will be one of them. You know, it was uh, Jamie and I and Zach Mitchell, my business partner. We were at Korean barbecue in the Mm -hmm. desert and we all got 
I mean, not Jamie, but Zach saw me getting the email and I heard another phone ring and I just looked down and that's when we got the official news that Indian Wells was canceled. And at first you're like, this has to be fake. There's no way that Indian Wells is canceled. First of all, nobody heard anything, no talks, nothing like that. And then I get up because Soon Wu Kwan is at dinner as well as Hyung Chung. Mm -hmm. So I am there and I look and I'm like, I stand up. I'm upset total disregard for everybody else in the restaurant at the time i'm like is this fucking real like cursing throughout the restaurant and then the coach and yeah they said yeah we got it too so at that point we're like wow this must be serious we don't know are they overreacting we have no idea the feel of it and you know center is very rarely at the center of the universe but I think that was really one of the first events that was mm-hmm. pushed in the, in the line of dominoes that said, hey, we can't have more than 10 people around. You know, this just can't happen. And for tennis to be that you know, kind of first decision was groundbreaking, I think. So kind of kudos to Tommy Haas and everybody else involved to make such a tough decision at that point. Um, should there have been a little bit more communication? Maybe. But very difficult to make in a time like yeah. that. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm actually, I think, I think I'm trying to be more forgiving this week than normal of the idea that people are. Wow, trying that's to how do you know it's a best. tough time, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, people are really trying to do their best here to make decisions about public health, um, and sometimes communication is getting lost in in those moments. And so I'm trying to be more forgiving. And with that, I, I, I yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it's not something I'm too worried about. No, I mean, you know, when we booked that trip, here we are, you know, two fairly healthy 23, 24-year-olds thinking here we have a $200 round-trip ticket to Hawaii. I'm using Amex points for the hotel. They don't have to pay for anything. How do we not take advantage of this when we're hearing that it's really affecting the six-year-olds and under and 80-plus? You got, I don't know. You got to do it. And And when we were figuring out that I wasn't, playing Phoenix and I probably wouldn't get into Miami. Right. What am I losing here? You know, yeah. tournament wise, but then we're, <laughs> and then it was funny. Then, I mean, the next step in my head is that Ben Rothenberg tweet, which I, I hate him for, but I was about to tweet it out. was basically said, you know, it was only six days ago when Indian Wells was canceled. And now here we are basically not allowed to leave our house. And, you know, this week has been the longest year of our life. You know, that whole meme that was going mm-hmm. around. It, it's true. I mean, six days at that point, Felt like an eternity. I mean, it went from, hey, this might be something to don't touch people. Don't look at people. Don't go around people. So we're in Hawaii where it's definitely more relaxed, but still felt the fear, you know, coming. All right. So here's where we're at. Again, we're recording this. What night of the week? It's Wednesday. (laughs) Time (laughs) is irrelevant. Um, (laughs) I I also want to make sure I point out... um, I've been relatively silent on Twitter. I know you obviously went on your your trip. I have been um, in full-time dad mode right now. Mm-hmm. On top of it, my mom's been here for the last week, which I'm incredibly thankful for. She made a decision to drive down um, as opposed to fly down here. And I, I'm so thankful I have these moments with my family. But it's also kind of kept me away from social media a little bit and getting too actively involved, which is also very difficult because my life's been torn apart in some ways in terms of not the physical, the health component, but certainly in, in terms of the financial. Um, so for me, you and I are in, in a very similar boat. 
um, as are a lot of tennis players, a lot of people right now. For me, I've lost about already um, now that as of today, the uh, June challengers are, are now canceled. I'm, I've lost probably a quarter to a third of my yearly salary. Mm-hmm has been out. And I, I want to make sure I thank the USTA specifically, Megan and Adele, for making sure that um, they've, they've made sure I'm okay right now, um, which I, I think is one of those things that a lot of freelancers don't necessarily have, just the people who are looking out for them. And I'm incredibly grateful and thankful for that. But you and you and I are, are here. You're out now, uh, the French Open potentially, the, mm-hmm. the money that comes along with that. I'm out five weeks of work at this point, six, I think actually it's a big, big loss. And a lot of people are dealing with it with our sport specifically. I asked this question on Twitter today. I know you saw it just this idea of how do we make sure that we're going to talk about the players right now? How are you guys protected? And what are the majority of players in that 100 to say four or 500? What are most of them doing? Noah? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you know, obviously, I think a lot of players saw my first, you know, initial reaction of uh, offering lessons for a fee. Um, That was, you know, something I thought about prior to this is something I'm still working on. Obviously, things are closed down. But, you know, players in my position, that's that's our that's our life right there. That's our money. I am going because I am looking at this and saying we probably won't play tennis until after the summer, maybe possibly done for the year. I'm I'm in my savings. I'm going to my savings for rent. It's just how it's how it's happening. And there are players not, you know, not as fortunate as I am and are probably deep in their savings if have any money left right now. Um with the lack of communication from ATP and I'm sure the WTA as well. We are not being protected right now. We're unaware of if there are any talks to give us stipends, if tournaments or ATP, WTA, or anybody is trying to pull together a certain percentage or a certain amount of money per month for Division One, Division Two members, stuff like that. Right now, there is nothing to my knowledge that that is happening. So in my head, we're alone. And I think you're kind of in the same boat right now in how you're feeling. Um, obviously, it's different. Uh, you're not necessarily a player, despite some of the pictures you've sent me <laughs> before this pandemic outbreak. But um, it's tough. I mean, I, and I, I got some backlash at first for saying this, but regardless of some of the paychecks I've gotten in the past, I am an hourly worker. I get paid for the job I do. If you are outside the top 50, 75, there's most likely you have very little to no outside contracts, whether that's you know, a drink company or rackets or clothing, that's not where money is coming from for us. So it's prize money. And since we are not at the top of the game, we don't get a lot of that. So it's a very difficult situation to be in. And there's not too many people we can turn to besides ourselves. So again, it's it's worrisome because I think this pandemic is highlighting a lot of the issues you and I have spoken about, but it is now magnified tenfold. Vashik Pospisil coming out. So the, 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 he comes out and says, you know, we, this is the time we have to unionize. We have to look out for each other as players. There were multiple media members who said, maybe this isn't the time. You got in an argument with Mark Petchy, who I, I love and respect very much, but his point, and, and I've seen this point from other media members, and including the responses to Vashik Pospisil, if we're playing 
in September and you're able to play two grand slams, even if it's in qualifying, you should be thankful and grateful considering the human toll that this is going to take on us over the next couple of months. Fine. That's absolutely accurate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely accurate. Right. Completely agreed. I don't think that that's a question. There's also people who are worried about what they're going to do until then, whether they can continue playing, if they have to find something else to do in the six months before we get to that point. And it's okay to talk about that. It's not wrong to say we need to do better at a time like this. It's okay to still do that while also saying, yes, it's not as important as hundreds of thousands of people potentially dying over the next couple of months. But damn it, these are people who are, don't know what they're going to do with their finances for four or five or six months or longer. How can we help them? I just think it would be a complete disservice if we come out. Now, hopefully we as, as a humanity, as a race, can come together. We're fine six months later. And then tennis doesn't change from here on out. I think that's a complete disservice to the situation itself. Um, if we can't use this, because in my head, here, here we are. I'm trying to be as easygoing as possible. I don't see the ATP or WTA still changing. I don't think, I think they're just still reacting and they're going to be reacting. I mean, you know, no offense to WTA. They were canceling tournaments like five days ago. Like enough guys, like put the suspension out there. You're the only league in any sport to be holding off this long. And I understand the concept behind it, but then there are lives at stake. So I don't see them changing their mentality, their way of thinking. I am just hoping that this lights a fire under the asses of players on both the WTA and ATP side to come together to join forces from a hundred, uh, from one to two fifty or five hundred in the world, and say, "Hey guys, we're obviously not being protected. Let's sack the fuck up and let's see what we can do to protect ourselves now. How can we make this work? How can we create our own union? How can we make sure that we are financially okay if it goes to shit again? Like, you know, obviously this world is in a <laughs> turmoil state where this may not be the last that we see of this, mm -hmm. whether it's natural disasters or another pandemic. Let's make sure that everything is okay moving forward. And again, <laughs> I feel like I have to say this again, we understand life is first, but if life yep. is okay and other people are working and going about their lives and here we are as a sport and NBA is back and getting paid and everything. And then here we are as tennis players, I'm out six months. Who knows? 10% of tennis players might've retired. Who knows yeah. what we're going to go for. I just, I just want to learn and I'm worried I'm actually not worried. I don't give a shit. I'm just, I know these people aren't going to learn. So let's hopefully the players can come together. All right. So I asked the question, what do people think um, about how we can help players who are outside of that top 50, 75? Um, similar question. Kevin Gammon says a similar question came up for the minor league baseball players who already make peanuts. Could universal basic income be the answer for lower tier sports players? That's something we've been talking about on this podcasts for months it's hard to say says the all about tennis blog maybe cr uh, create more challengers equivalent um, itf's challengers for men and women throughout the off season to help make up for those lost wages that's a it's a great point to you know essentially to continue through december through to the australian open the problem is how many players are going to get to that point right um Several players, as you mentioned, Christopher uh, Levy or Levy, uh, tennis shots says several players are giving local lessons. They seem to be doing okay with that. And yeah, that's that's an answer for some, maybe not for others. 
I, I don't know, Noah. Here, here's the thing. I, I, am, I am a bit shocked and surprised that we have not yet heard in these 10 days, 11 days from the ATP, from the WTA, from those governing bodies saying, here's how we're going to try to help players out. If, if you guys are represented by the ATP, I have to assume there are some discussions going on about how do we make sure that players at all levels are surviving right now. Why haven't we heard a single thing? My worry is that, and this is going to come out raw, maybe they don't care. Maybe in their heads, they're saying, hey, guys, the players are going to be there. We have our own concerns. I mean, here I am. Was this yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Here I am, giddy, laughing, opening up my phone to see this email from the ATP saying, hey, guys, we just saw, this is not quote unquote, we just saw the French Open um, tweeted this out and made this uh, message. We're going to come up with a message and rebuttal in the next few days. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's one thing that the players don't know, but you're telling me that the ATP, and I'm guessing WTA, have no idea that the French is doing this? Again, you talk about magnifying the issues tennis has. Now, now we're finding out there is zero discussion. Now tennis is eating itself. We have we have the Laver Cup now throwing out salty things because the Laver Cup has sold out stadium now, something that actually has helped tennis. And I'm telling you, I think Fed, Kyrgios, a couple others will pick Laver Cup over French. Mm-hmm. Now we have competing tennis events, and one of them is the one of the four largest tennis tournaments in the world. I mean, guys, wake the fuck up. I mean, this is these are the issues we're dealing with. The things that we've spoken about, I think now can be seen by the layman eye just because it's like, oh my, wait, this is what you guys have been dealing with? Yeah, yeah, no communication on any part where the ATP literally almost has to apologize for being so behind that they had no idea the French Open is going to come, I don't know, like six days after the US Open final. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Djokovic, who wants to, you know, back to back, I'm sure he's super happy about that. So again, this is nothing to say that we don't want the French Open and we don't want it a part of the schedule because I got that a lot. We love the French Open. We want the money. That's where we get a lot of our money. But hey, little communication. Maybe we figure out a better time in the schedule, and who knows? Maybe none of this happens. If and if none of this does happen, again, it just shows the problems we've been dealing with. The fact, so panic is often caused by a complete lack of control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in a situation like this, once in a lifetime situation with this t- pandemic, so many people are feeling a complete lack of control um, over their very near futures. Obviously, the health side, also the financial side. I'm one of them. You're obviously one of them. The fact that players have not had any voice in any of this here in terms of just the bigger decisions about movement of the French Open and how, you know how far out in advance we're starting to cancel things is it's triggering to me and I'm not even a player um the this is where we have to f- make sure that the player council is taking care of these things Christian's done a great job of talking about how the player council has been involved on the women's side I haven't really heard that same voice necessarily that calming voice on the on the men's side at the ATP that's disconcerting um and yes, we're at a point where if the players don't get together and say, okay, this is our voice now. We have a voice. Here we are collectively. And I don't know what the point is. We have too many organizations, too many groups making these decisions for this this player group, this player mass. Fuck it. 
fuck it. I'm, I've, I've had enough. Right. You have the French Federation, the, the USTA, the, the LTA, Tennis Australia, ITF, ATP, WTA. Like, s- calm the fuck out. Right. All of you, settle right. down, work as a unit. Players are going to start working as a unit. The sport gets better. See, like right now I'm pushing for total, you know, let, let's let's get rid of this. Let's start again. Like I'm saying, let's let's talk to World Team Tennis. Let's talk to UTR. Let's see how we could start something new, something different. I talked to a lot of the players. Yeah, we all have dreams of being number one in the world. But hey, you tell me that I can work with a team, get 150K, expenses paid at times, be with a team, have fun, play tournaments around you know the state. Take that in a heartbeat. I just want to play tennis. I just want to be out there. I'm saying we get other groups involved, something that you know, has his own governing body, has people that are in control, have, you know, not all these egos butting head and the world butting heads and say, hey, like, let's see what we can do and let's see how many people we can get behind this because the players are just as fed up as the commentators, as the officials, as everybody. But it's absurd. I mean, again, laughing at this email, hearing like the ATP sound like a school kid, like, hey, super sorry about that. We just had no idea. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You think that makes me feel good about it? And the fact that I can never get an email, like how there's not, I don't know, somebody who transcribes the meetings that they had and just give us a bullet point, like, hey guys, you know, crazy busy time, can't give you much, much information, but this is what we spoke about today. It's an email. We all get them already. Just send it out. Like how? So again, um, I'm going to be working very hard, creating an app, connecting players, seeing if we can come together um, and almost, you know, start a new league. I mean, it's in these tough times. I mean, we've seen it throughout history. We've It's in these times where turmoil and chaos is present that something good can come out of it if, if we can, you know, work together. Um, Again, all of this pales in comparison to the bigger threat. We've talked about that and we have to say it over and over again. Um, and I think one of the things that's heartened me here, Noah, over the last several days is the fact that there are so many people who are trying to do things to benefit others. You posted on your Instagram about a, um, I, I guess you have a friend who's a, uh, in a butcher or a, whose, whose family yes. has a, a butcher shop in, in New York and they're trying to help do delivery to people who are in need right now. And you just see this over and over again. And that is my hope that we get to a point where we don't have this squabbling amongst all of the f- many, many fractions of, of federations and what have you in this sport. And we can say, hey, how can we come together right now, pr- have productive discussions and move forward so that we all feel like there's a benefit here? It's going to be really hard because so many people want to be served. You guys are the players. You're the ones driving it. I know the tournaments feel like they're more important often but the players are the one who control things and should be the ones who control things. You're the most important. You're what people come out to see. The fact that players aren't being represented well right now is, is really not a a good sign. Maybe this is the point where that changes. I'm hopeful for that. And I'm hopeful that people will start to be more forgiving and more understanding and compassionate towards others. Despite the fact that I've sworn about a hundred times already in this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think it's true. Uh, you know, what worries me and what I, you know, I feel to believe is that uh, 
it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, you know, I see, you know, if you're, if you're using life or tennis as a, as a metaphor for life or vice versa, you know, I'm in New York right now. Um, I went to see my girlfriend's parents basically through a window. We spoke for an hour today, um, just to see them. Cause Jamie hasn't seen them and mm. just seeing the stores that were still open, just seeing everybody out in public acting like everything is okay. Yes, there are people doing good and we're going in the right direction, but like, you know, stay the fuck home, like understand the severity of the situation. And I think, you know, with that being said, you go into tennis and I don't understand why they can't see that unity amongst everybody, players, officials, directors, ATP, whatever it is, why when we come together and maybe create a new league, how incredible that could be if we all work together. I mean, you know, Correct. if you're talking about our biggest weakness can be our biggest positive. I mean, we are one of the most international sports in the entire world, and we are not using that to our benefit. We're at, that's right. breaking us down. That's what scares me, and I know it'll get worse before it gets better, but I really, at this point, I think it's fully up to the players and you know, and the pioneers amongst it, whether it's myself or, or Pospisil or one of the top guys, a Djokovic, to say, hey, because and get everybody in the email chain, you know, top 250 players, you want to do top 50 players, whatever it is, just get people out there and at least have a text chain where, you know, you pick, you know, you have top 50 players, then each player come, you know, emails everybody from their country and you go from there and just get the word out and see how we can connect because um, it's pretty certain right now. Um, it's been enough days and enough time uh, that ATP hasn't even said, Hey guys, we're in discussions right now about how we can go about this. Just say that. I mean, just give us something. Give us a glimmer of hope, not saying like, hey, you're out in the middle of the ocean and guess what? We stole your boat and your paddle. Have fun. <laughs> well, let's just kind of real quickly before we wrap up, Noah, let's let's take it to a human level. Yes. Um, you just talked about your girlfriend and how she had to talk to her, her family. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I'm thankful my mother's here right now, and we've been essentially isolated since last Thursday. Um, the three of us here in Oklahoma, they're still way behind everything and keeping my daughter's um, daycare open. And so we pulled her out of school last week. Um, we made that decision uh, as a family, my ex-wife and, and I, I mean, we, I consider that a family right now because that's how we have to view everything. Um, I'm scared. I'm genuinely scared. There's the health component. I'm f afraid for my family. You know, how many people in my family are going to catch it? Am I going to lose a family member to this? I'm sure you're feeling the same thing. I know Long Island has already been hit and New York City is going to be a scary, scary place over the next couple of weeks. Um, and there's the extra component of you know, you and I are in the same boat as millions of Americans. They, they've already said roughly 20% of families in this country have now somebody who is unemployed because of this crisis. It is a scary, scary time. I want to make sure I say to everybody who has reached out to me over the last week and a half, thank you for checking on me, both mentally and emotionally and also financially. I have been personally touched multiple times just by people saying, I would support a GoFundMe for you. Like something as little as that. I had two people today, Billy Heiser, 
coach from Allison Risk, just reach out to the, today to ask if I'm okay. Rajiv Ram, same thing. These are these incredible bonds that I've been able to make through this sport. And there are countless ones over the last week. And I'm incredibly thankful for everyone who has checked on me. And I want to make sure I say to everybody who's listening at this point, if you haven't turned it off, because again, I've been swearing way too much, do the same. Reach out to your family. Reach out to friends you haven't necessarily spoken to in the last couple of months just to say, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Is your family all right? Are you healthy? Are you okay with the isolation? How are you surviving it? Take that time right now. Send a text. Make a phone call. FaceTime with Noah, <laughs> as, as my daughter wants to do all the time. <laughs> But this is, this is the time where we can show our humanity and do it in be the best human being you can be right now. And it's a great time for that to show and to show it to all of your kids. If you are having to take care of your child right now, as I am, show them what humanity is all about. Show them how you can be a better person with compassion, with love. And this is a time where we really can change humanity. And I mean that um, in the most positive sense. Yeah. I, I, don't, I almost don't want to add too much on top of that. That was pretty well said. Um, yeah. I mean, again, we, we've seen throughout history and we've seen how humans can get back to being human in times like this and how we really can make change for the better. I mean, who knows? I mean, we, you know, I was already looking at numbers about, um, you know, global warming and the effect we have. I mean, just from the isolation, I mean, we've cut down on emissions. <laughs> you know, you look at stuff like that and you're like, yeah, it's terrible because we lost human lives to this. But, yeah. you know, if we can look at this and look at something and we're now we're changing and creating habits of healthiness and, and awareness. And I think these are the moments that, you know, who knows, this, this could change the world, a moment like this. So, as cheesy as, as it may sound, do take those seconds. But again, um, you know, I don't want to end on a negative note, but I, I have seen too many people out right now. Like, please understand the severity of the situation. Understand that you can be asymptomatic. You are, it takes, you know, two to 10 days to actually show symptoms. Sometimes you could be spreading it without your knowledge. People are going to get affected from this. Stay home unless completely, completely urgent. Wash your hands, wash things you touch, and stop hoarding. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of all of that going around. Again, you could be spreading it. Let's stay home. Let's isolate. It's the understanding that if we all stay home for two weeks, this could go away. Let's try to help one another out and be there for each other. I am, uh, all, all kidding aside, I am grateful as hell that you take time to talk to my daughter. Uh, she, she thinks it's the best thing in the world. I, uh, today I did take a video of her hitting a couple forehands with my mom, um, which involves her standing in a very vertical position with no movement and just swatting a racket. Um, but you know, hopefully it's we exactly can... like you. I don't know why you would okay. think anything uh, different, <laughs> but that's, but that's because I'm fat. You see, right. she's not, she's no, she's also cute, which is why I pick up the phone. <laughs> right, <I know. laughs> as soon as I see your face now, I automatically hang up. <laughs> um, but thank you. Thank you. Uh, not to quote the golden girls, but thank you for, for being a friend in this moment. Um, I appreciate that very much. 
I'm touched by your your family. Um, your mom has been on social media posting memes this whole week. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm appreciative of her sense of humor and trying to lighten the, the mood. And um, thank you to everybody who listens and again who supports us. I I we have things we have to get to the people who are supporting us on Patreon. I'm well aware of that. Apologies that I'm not taking care of that right now. I've got a few days here over the next couple um, this weekend that I will take care of that. And we will make sure we shout out everybody next week, I promise. Um, but we're going to do our best to continue to to be here for you guys. And I think more than anything, this might be my uh, our way of having social outlets too. No, um, this is, this so is we'll, we'll do the best we can right now as, as so many other great content creators are. So for Noah, thank you. Um, appreciate it. Please take care of yourself, all right? Yes, you as well. Okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.